it was taking too much of me. I would have sleepless nights and, and I just needed to kind of move on to a different flow of life. Play share, we can do better. I don't believe in the rigid 9 to 5, 40 hour work week. Life is short and people spend way too much of it working. You deserve more time to do the things that light you up so you can show up in the world as the best version of yourself. The Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast will explore all the ways you can create more freedom and flexibility in your life so you will feel less stressed and more empowered to make a difference in the world. The world needs you to be happier. The world needs you to feel more fulfilled. The world needs you to smile more, and I know we can get you there. Each week, we will hear from people who are doing this well. We will gain insights into how they are creating the life they've always wanted. I'm your host, Angie Cazares, and together, I'm pretty sure we can do better. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me this week. If you live in the United States, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. It's just a time when everyone is off work. We are usually with a big group of our family reflecting on what we're grateful for the year. And that's going to look a lot different for a lot of people this year, just like the entire year has looked a lot different. But that's why I'm really excited to highlight Sarah Coniglio this week and her story. I just am so inspired by what she does. She is a photographer and she has found a way to combine her passion of photography with a way to truly serve the world. She travels and takes photos of the amazing work that different nonprofits are doing all over the world called Project Wonderful. And this just hits home with me because as many of you know, if you've been listening to the show, I have a background in nonprofits and have often thought about starting my own nonprofit or maybe I could do this or that and I've chosen to to go, you know, an entrepreneurial route. But many times I've thought of different things I could do to give back and that's something I want to do more in the future. So I just think it's so inspiring that Sarah uses her business of selling photography and prints to fund her her business, uh, or I mean her her passion of going around and helping these nonprofits. So I'm so excited for you to hear her story and also to promote her book that was just released last week. I think that this is an amazing opportunity for you to support one of our pretty sure we can do better um, guests and fund the amazing work that she does and also give an amazing gift to somebody that you know. So you'll hear about that book in the episode. But yeah, here we are. And this is Sarah. I'm excited for you to meet her. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Angie? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited and grateful for the opportunity and yeah, just thank you for having me and having this conversation. Absolutely. You are doing amazing work in the world. So I wanted to highlight you and I wanted everybody to just kind of learn your process and how you came to be and, and yeah, it's going to be great. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's, let's start with just kind of what your day-to-day life looks like, where you live and, and what your business is. So um, my business is uh, Project Wonderful, and um, I am a travel and social impact photographer. 
So what that essentially means is I travel the world and I capture the beauty with my camera and I help nonprofit organizations along the way. So my day-to-day changes depending on where I am, if I'm traveling or not, um, which as of recently has been very um, sparse with being on lockdown, but I spend a lot of time outdoors mostly with my camera and um, just capturing the beauty all around. Uh, I feel like I have this sense about me that I see everything around me. There's always something beautiful. And I just, whenever I don't have my camera, thankfully we have iPhones now and I usually (laughs) have something that I can take a picture with. But back when I didn't have an iPhone, when I wouldn't have my camera with me, I would be bummed because I'd be like, yeah, I just want to capture this beautiful thing. So so my day-to-day now is as I've been starting my business, I spend a lot of time, like I said, outside with my camera. Um, I spend a lot of time sharing my work um, with, you know, through social, but essentially have been focused on my neighborhood in the last few months of uh, the quarantine um, and really capturing that beauty for people so they could see that, you know, there is beauty all around, even in this very chaotic time that we're in. Yeah. So how did you think of this? How did you come up with this, this business idea? And when did you start? So I, many, many years ago, so there's three components essentially to my business and my work, what I like to call my life's work. I went on my first trip when I was 21. Um, I was a senior in college. It was my first commercial flight ever. Um, And I traveled to Ireland and I spent a semester there and backpacked through Europe and just fell in love with travel. I got the travel bug immediately. Mm -hmm. So I was starting bucket lists and all of that back then. Um, And since then, I've just been able to travel all over the world um, and throughout the United States with my work. So that was um, the travel piece. And then there's the photography piece, which at the same time of going on that first kind of international trip, I really enjoyed taking my little tiny point and shoot camera. At the time, there were no iPhones or, um, and I didn't have a big, nice camera, yeah. um, but I captured a lot and really just enjoyed traveling, going to the less explored parts of the world and capturing that beauty. And then the third component is, you know, working with nonprofits. And the way I found myself there is I had a career in working in large fundraising events for nonprofits and found myself on a personal note going to Africa in 2008 And when I went there, I wanted to uh, connect with some nonprofits and I connected with this one that was actually in a slum. And I was so stricken when I went to this slum and saw uh, the, the devastation and the just horrible conditions these people were living in, yet the beautiful community that they had with each other and the beautiful work that these non this nonprofit organization, these uh, leaders and teachers were doing. They were teaching children. They were feeding children. And I had my camera with me. At that point, I had a big camera. And I said, what can I do? Can I take some photos for you? And they said, 
sure. So I took some photos, but then I realized, what about taking some school portraits of these children? These children probably have never had that before. So I yeah. did. Each one of them got a school portrait. Um, I went back to the States, printed them up, got them to my sister who happened to live there. And uh, they had their first ever school portraits. Oh, so, that's so great. That yeah, was beautiful. I think the most beautiful part about it, though, was when I came back and I showed the pictures to my family and my friends, they were just so struck by these children and the mm -hmm. smile on their faces, but also just the fact that they were living in this way. And, um, and it led people to want to help out. And so I thought, well, they can help out and we can, you know, help out these organizations by donating to them, but also raising more awareness of the work that they're doing. Yeah. So that kind of sparked the idea of Project Wonderful, um, which is going to different countries and finding nonprofits and uh, highlighting the work that they're doing through photo documenting the work, as well as helping them with my experience in the nonprofit industry and fundraising industry to further their businesses and help them or organizations and help them grow. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of those three components that have come together to form this project and business of mine that I started, officially started about two years ago, um, a year and uh, about half ago. Mm -hmm. And I did a Kickstarter and I was going to travel to all seven continents in a year <laughs> and, and the long story short is the Kickstarter was not funded. I didn't make my goal, but I am actually grateful for that because I think that was a little too far reaching to do all seven continents in a year, but I'm still doing those continents. I've done four already and worked with nonprofits on those and captured the beautiful countries that I've gone to. So since that time, since I started. Yeah, that's awesome. How in that moment, you know, you did your Kickstarter and it didn't get funded. Like, what were you thinking in that moment? Were you just kind of like devastated? Were you like, oh man, this isn't meant to be? I mean, clearly you kept going. So what was that moment like? I love that you're asking me that because it was a very um, actually poignant moment in yeah. this entire process because I kind of knew in the days leading up to the end, to the deadline that I probably wouldn't make it. And I was bummed. But at the same time, the day that I realized I didn't definitely didn't make it, some miracle didn't come through with like yeah, right. thousands of dollars, which, you know, who knows, could have happened. But um, I was actually already in my first country. I was in Costa Rica. Okay. And I was sitting there and just kind of like, okay, now, it'll, now what do I do? Um, and I was working with a beautiful nonprofit organization there. And that afternoon, I was going to work with them for the second time since I'd been there. And I just had this moment and I looked around, there were birds and animals and there were monkeys living in the back of where I was staying um, at a friend's house. And, and I said, actually, this is exactly what I've always wanted. I wanted yeah. to be traveling. I wanted to be working with nonprofits. I wanted to be capturing these nonprofits and the beauty with my camera. So it was almost like, this is exactly where I'm meant to be. You know, I thought I needed the Kickstarter. I thought, and yes, in some ways I did, 
but at the same time, it's sometimes things happen and it's, it's almost gives you the realization that, well, sometimes don't go, sometimes things don't go according to the way that you think they're going to go, but also that really you are where you're supposed to be. And in that moment Mm -hmm. I was, I was doing exactly what I'd set out to do. I was traveling, I was photographing, I was working with a nonprofit later that afternoon. Yeah. So I think at that point I said, you know, there was no going back for me. I was, I was always, you know, this is the path. Uh, I've known this for since basically that time I was in Africa, that this was going to eventually be what I wanted to do in some shape or form. Yeah. And so that it was, it was actually a beautiful moment. And a lot of people asked me, Oh, are you bummed? And I said a little bit, but I really think, you know, I'm pretty lucky and grateful for where I am right now. Um, yeah. Really in Costa Rica, looking at such beauty. So. I love Costa Rica, studied abroad in Costa Rica. Oh, so gorgeous there. So gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Had you, so you're in Costa Rica, like had you quit your job at that point? So you were, I mean, what was that process like of back it up a little bit and talk about, okay, you're in your job, you have this thing that you want to do. So when did you quit and when did you go and how did you prepare for that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I had been um, working in, as I said earlier, the event space and nonprofit events Uh for 18 years. And so um, I really enjoyed the work. I really love logistics and I love working with obviously nonprofits that are doing amazing work and the people that come out and help and volunteer and participate in the events are just incredible people. So it's just amazing to be around that energy. But I always knew this was in the back of my head. And I finally, about uh, three years ago, I knew that I was ready to move on, but I knew that I was going to have to do some things to get there, like get rid of my mortgage and, um, you know, set myself up financially and so on and so forth. So I did just that. That was my first move. Um, I actually had a condo in uh, Chicago that I owned and had lived there for nine years. Loved it there. It was beautiful. The lake is gorgeous. Have lots of photos from there. I bet. (laughs) Lots of sunrises, lots of beautiful, beautiful moments. But so I actually sold my condo and moved back to New Jersey, which is where I currently live. Moved in with my brother and sister-in-law, who graciously um, had a lot of space for me and um, said, come, come here. And so then I um, basically at that point started saving up my money and just getting myself in a place where I could take that leap. And mm-hmm. about a year later, I did. I left my job you know, most of all, because I felt like I needed to do this thing. Um, But I think also, you know, I was at a point where I, I just, it was taking too much of me. I would have sleepless nights and, and I just needed to kind of move on to a different flow of life. And, you know, things were becoming too important that shouldn't be too important. And, Again, the sleepless nights were, shouldn't have been happening as much. So um, I left and I started really dreaming up Project Wonderful. Uh, I left in December of 2018, I believe. 
uh, no, 2017. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I drunk this up in about six months and, and then the rest is history as far as Project Wonderful and, and my work there. So cool. So you, so the steps you took were decreasing your cost Mm -hmm. so that you could kind of bulk up some savings. And I love that you asked your, I mean, or, you know, your brother and sister-in-law offered to take you in. I think that's for some people asking for that help or accepting that help. And that process is hard. So I think that's awesome that you did and, and you're willing to just be like, hey, yeah, I have this passion. I want to do this, but I'm going to have to cut back. So utilizing the resources you had at your disposal is, is great. So you're in Costa Rica. You get this news. And then what did you do from there? I um, So you were just kind of living off of your savings at this point. So, yeah. So I had been living off of my savings um, and I was in Costa Rica. I had a set amount of time that I was there. I was there for about four weeks and this was probably about week two and a half. So I had a little bit more time and I said, all right, well, I'm going to go and travel. Uh, I'm going to continue to work with this organization um, and the work that they were doing and photo documenting it and um, helping them out. And then it was okay, where am I going to go next? So I basically continued the work without the funding of the Kickstarter. Fortunately, I had saved up enough and was able to do that. Um, So I continued on. um, The whole summer, I did not go anywhere internationally. But then in September of that year, which was September 2019, I went to Greece did some work with some refugee refugee camps there with a nonprofit there and took in all of that beauty. One of my most favorite places in the world to have gone to was on that bucket list from when I was 21. Nice. And then in October of 2019, I went to India. And then in February, right before COVID started, I went to Argentina. Um, so those were my four different countries as part of Project Wonderful that I've accomplished yeah. so far. And since then, I have not obviously gone anywhere internationally. Yeah, yeah. So how does your funding model work at this point? Do the, do the nonprofits, you're not registered yourself as a nonprofit through Project Wonderful. It's just, do the nonprofits then kind of just chip in what they can for you to get there and for you to, to do the work or how does, how does that work? No, um, the, the work that I do with the nonprofits is completely pro bono. And so, and I've just been so fortunate to find these amazing nonprofits just through Mm -hmm. traveling there. People back in the States that might know someone who lives over there. So I've, really been fortunate to find um, beautiful grassroots nonprofits. That's the ones that I'm really focused on, the ones that could use some help with photography because that's the last thing in, in these people's budget. You know, they're, yeah. oh, sure. they're passionate about their work. And so they're going to put every dime into that work um, mm-hmm. at the beginning. So I offer them photography But yeah, no, all of that is pro bono. And the way that I'm funding that is through my business. Mm -hmm. So um, when people buy prints, 
or when they buy a book that is coming out, spoiler alert, in November, it, it will help me to go to my next location and help me to help these nonprofits with, again, yeah. doing this work with them. So I was just thinking, have you looked into like, I feel like this would be a good model for like Patreon too. I don't know. Yeah, I, I have actually looked into Patreon and have thought about it. I just have not. Yeah. Um, it, it, it could be something in the future for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Because that, there is that, you know, regular support from a funding standpoint to your point um, yeah. that could help for sure. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I have a huge heart for nonprofit. I'm a nonprofit girl m- myself. So that's, that's amazing that you have that desire and you're using your business to fund doing the work that you're passionate about. Yeah. Well, you know, when you said start, you know, was I, did I ever start a nonprofit? I had actually crossed my mind back yeah. when I started this idea. I thought, all right, let me start a nonprofit where I, my nonprofit is going and taking photographs of people of these organizations and helping them in whatever way I can. And that's my nonprofit. But as yeah. soon as I uttered those words to a friend who's very much in the <laughs> industry, he said to me, he goes, Sarah, there's so many nonprofits out there yeah. and they all need help especially the grassroots ones. And as soon as he said that, I was like, you're absolutely right. And what's so beautiful about this project for me is that I'm able to go and help these people that are so passionate about their work and help them to do their work, which essentially is my passion. So my passion is helping the passionate people do their work. And um, there's so many beautiful organizations. So it's just a joy for me to help them and know that I'm contributing even in the smallest way to them growing and getting more awareness of their work. Absolutely. That's so cool. Well, there are so many people that have, you know, these whispers of things they want to do and these passions that they would love to pursue, but it's pretty scary to step into that fully. So what advice or tips would you have to somebody who might just be like, you know, scared that maybe they're not going to be able to, to create enough income or have any sort of stability in, in doing that? Like what tips would you give them if they just really feel like you did when you were like, man, I just want to do this thing. But how would you sort of advise them on first steps to take maybe or overcoming that fear? I would say first and foremost, and maybe the biggest thing is really trusting yourself and listening to your gut on things. I think it's really easy to be influenced by other people and influenced by what is our typical structure of the workday and companies. It's very easy to be influenced by that. And that's by your friends and your family that are in that structure. And I was in that structure for yeah. 18 plus years. So I think it's really just trusting yourself and saying, I know and believing that this is where you're supposed to be and just going for it. 
I think along the way you have to be careful and um, practical and realistic, but balancing that with your drive and your passion, because I think it's easy to go one way or the other and not have this almost, you know, path that actually works because you mm-hmm. can be completely in dreamland and not set yourself up properly and then not succeed. You can also on the flip side, yeah. um, be so realistic and so, or not realistic, but so careful, let me just say. Practical, yeah. Practical, which I think is important. I'm not saying you can't. Right. But I think you can be so practical that you just never, never take the leap and you never go for it because there is an element of that. And, and I'd say just, just trust yourself. My deepest core told me back in 2008 when I was in Africa that this is what I was meant to do. I didn't know what kind of format it was going to take. And I'm still figuring that out, you know, especially in the last several months in this time where the world is very unpredictable. We're in a time when I can't travel, which is the very essence of my work. Yeah. Um, So finding ways to evolve with that but still stay true to what brings me joy again, which ultimately is just being out there with my camera. It's like a form of meditation for me to be out there and just taking in the beauty, capturing it. And, uh, and again, traveling when I can and then helping these people that are just doing such amazing, beautiful and wonderful work all over the world. So just sticking to that, to that gut is the best oh, yeah. advice I could say, um, which isn't easy sometimes. You, you, oh, yeah. you, you find that doubt, right? People will challenge Always. you. And especially when it's out of the quote norm, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, how do you think you're going to travel all over the world? Well, this is how I'm going to do it. And yeah. you just do it. And, um, and then people are like scratching their heads like, how is she doing that? No, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And you have to stay firm in it. So that's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. And what would, what would you say you've had to sacrifice in order to kind of create this freedom for yourself to follow your passion and your calling? I would say mostly stability, you know, just knowing exactly where I'm going to, bring in, you know, revenue, knowing, you know, that knowing exactly where I'm going to go next. So it's very kind of a flow thing yeah. which on the flip side of it is so beautiful. Like I think because I don't have the stability, I don't have the structure like I used to, which in a weird way was kind of hard in the beginning to mm-hmm. just really dictate my day and really, you know, figure out my own plans. It's a lot easier sometimes when someone says to you, this is what you need to do. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So I think the stability part, I think has been probably the biggest challenge for me Mm -hmm. um, in this whole thing. But I I definitely keep going back to this is uh, definitely where I'm meant to be. And I do think that I'm continuing down a path that will continue to grow. And, and that makes me really excited because that means I'm helping more people in the world and 
seeing more beautiful things. So that's exciting for me. For Super sure. exciting. Yeah. So yeah. how did you go about getting some of that structure in place for yourself when you were just starting out and you're like, okay, I'm taking the sleep. Now I have to manage all of my time and figure out how to run a business and all of these things. So how did, what were the first steps you took to figuring out some structure and how you were going to go about it? Well, I'm a very, I'm a very organized person. And I think it was really taking that piece of like that skill set of being able to be organized and just having each day, scheduling each day in a way that was perfect for me. And so it didn't need to be nine to five. Mm -hmm. It didn't need to be you know, that I had to work on Friday. It didn't need to be that I didn't work on Saturday. It was, I think, actually, in a weird way, not having as much structure, but that kind of structure. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. But basically, I was just kind of looking at what my best flow was and planning out my days in that way versus saying, I have to be on my, you know, social media at nine o'clock in the morning. And I have to do this and I have to do that. So a bit of less structure. Yeah. I mean, that's um, the beauty of, of mm -hmm. that flexibility is that people can work whenever everybody's different. So this dictation of like nine to five, well, not everybody works best between nine to five. So you actually get to say like, you know, maybe I do work better from nine to 11 PM. You know, I can do that. So exactly. just figuring out what that, what that is for yourself. Exactly. And I think really, even just as in, in the last um, several months, just being gentle on myself, I mm -hmm. think, you know, when you come from such a structured kind of, you know, do this, do this, do this, very, you know, task oriented and productive yeah. in a very, very black and white way, it's hard to go into that for your own business because you're constantly like, I need to do this. I need to do that. This is the only way. Um, it's the constant like work harder, not smarter. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, being more gentle on myself through the process and finding where the flow happens, because that's where the creativity happens. That's where the allowing myself to just take the deep breath and take the walk even I think is important. And I yeah. think um, it's been really good for me to just say, just be gentle, be gentle. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's easy to be hard on yourself. Um, much easier, I think, to be hard on yourself than gentle on yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm finding, at least for me. So. Well, I'm glad. I mean, hopefully you've got support in place that will remind you of that as well. <laughs> I definitely, definitely do. And <laughs> definitely have friends and family who are very supportive and um, new friends that have, have held me to that and being true to myself, as I said earlier, for sure. There's no better feeling in the world than being true to yourself. There really I mean, isn't. That's the goal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I'm like, hmm, am I being true to myself? <laughs> and it's those times that it's, it, it is really important to say, that is the only way. And that is what's going to bring you the ultimate joy because nobody else knows what that really is except for yourself. Yeah. And I know that these people that I work with and the people that 
see my work and reson it resonates with them, I think they're the ones that are passionate and they are, you know, living their best lives and doing really meaningful work. Um, mm -hmm. And that's pretty interesting to be around. And so these people are models for me um, yeah. to, to really do what makes me tick and brings me a lot of joy. That's so cool. I want to talk a little bit about this book that you, you mentioned earlier that you've got coming out. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit about that and, and also where we can support you and, and check out your prints and support the work you do. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm really excited. Um, back during um, March and April of the initial part of the lockdown, which really felt like the heart um, here in New Jersey, um, I had decided that I really just needed to get out and walk. Um, it was really important for me to get out, get some fresh air. And there was one little trail that was still open that I was able to go on and I would walk to. And, and just a few days into it, I actually started to bring my, my big camera. And I did not realize how much beauty was literally in my backyard a few blocks down in my neighborhood. And so I started documenting that and saw some beautiful, beautiful things and captured some beautiful things. And I started to do a daily photo with the things that I was seeing. And really for me, it was an opportunity to just be a little bit more still in a time when I couldn't travel, which was mm -hmm. so much my normal and really take in the beauty that was around me and really realized that I don't need to go 3000 miles to find yeah. beauty. It really is around. And so for me, I wanted other people to realize that in such a difficult time, like it was encouraging people to go out and look at the beauty that was around them, which is different all over the world, of course, um, depending on where you were and if you had a backyard and if you were able to go outside. So I, uh, during the time, thought maybe I'll make a book about this. Um, and I kind of put it on the back burner. And about a few weeks ago, I thought, I think I'm going to do this for, for the holidays. Because I really think during this time right now, we're still in a world where there's so much uncertainty, a lot of unrest. There's a lot of Mother Nature doing things that are really difficult for many people. And so I wanted to make this book that really in that context of the world we're living in right now, that there is beauty and it, it is always around us. And essentially wrapping up the year with a beautiful book of some of the photos that I took during that time when it was so in our faces that we were living in this time that was so uncertain um, and we continue to. So I'm hoping that people can find this as a gift to, for themselves or someone else to wrap up the year in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's what I can offer. Um, yeah. Open up people's eyes um, and their hearts to what is right around them and show some of what I was able to see um, and the beauty that I was able to see. 
So, are they photographs mainly of, of nature or of your neighborhood? Or are there people? Yeah. Or? Um, they're all of nature. And literally, again, on this little tiny trail that I didn't even discover until we started the lockdown. And yeah, just lots of photos of the beautiful, beautiful springtime, flowers. I mean, it was... Nature, I don't know what it was like for you, but I felt like nature, the birds, everything was so happy. Things were growing, flowers were singing. I mean, flowers, um, <laughs> birds were singing. I mean, it was just incredible. The quietness, the yeah. solace was just incredible. The energy was beautiful. So that's the reminder it is for me um, of that yeah, time. Yeah, we all, we all slowed down for a second yeah which was I think part of it too where we were just like you know we were looking at nature probably for the first time in a long time because there wasn't really anything else to do (laughs) so we're walking around our neighborhoods and and just looking and seeing it in a new way so that's awesome yeah it's a it, it was you know I like to I I'm I'm definitely an optimist and I I like to see the positive of situations, whatever they are. And sometimes it's harder than others. But for me, this time around, um, it was being able to see all these beautiful things and just Good. being present in that and um, capturing it as I could. So yeah, I feel very grateful for that. Well, where should we find the book? Where should we find your prints? Where can we follow you on social media? Tell us all the things. Yeah, so um, everything basically is on my website, all my links, and there will be a uh, page where my book will be, as well as um, where my prints are, where my store is. And that's at projectwonderfulwith2ls.com. Um, so you can find, uh, I uh, now have Pinterest, I have Instagram, I have uh, YouTube, where during one of the other things I did during the lockdown is every Wednesday, I um, would take people over Zoom on a journey from a past trip I had been on, and I um, shared with them photographs and stories from those trips. So oh, cool. while they were stuck inside, they were able to go on a safari or see the penguins in Argentina. So um, that's also on my website. You can see those I think I did about nine episodes of that during uh, starting in March. And I went through, I think, May with that. And uh, that was a great way to kind of, when feeling stuck inside, relive the the beauty of those trips um, and share that with others. So that's there as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we will put all the links in the show notes as well. So yeah, everybody go support Sarah and her work. It's so cool. And I can't wait to keep following your journey. Thank you so much. And I just have to say, I really love your message. And in that you don't have to do the nine to five. And, and I think it's so wonderful to see people moving on from that and creating the lives, lives that they want to live. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel grateful that I've been able to take a leap, but um, it's great to see other people doing that. And I love how you're encouraging that with these wonderful people you're talking to and uh, the guests I've heard. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really great. And the work you're doing, you, you took the leap. I um, did. How wonderful. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's that's great, and um, I'm I'm just really grateful to have been able to have the conversation with you about this. Yeah, well, thanks so much. We appreciate it, and keep doing what you do because it's inspiring. You too. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. If anything in the show is resonating with you, please share and leave a rating and review so other people can find the show. You can find any links mentioned in the show notes at accountabilityforhire.com in the podcast section. And I would absolutely love to connect with you personally. Reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at accountabilityforhire and let me know what questions or thoughts you have about creating your life of freedom and flexibility. And please join our Facebook group. Just search the Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast. I want us to create a community to share resources and support each other on our journeys. Thanks for being you and wanting more for your life. And I'll see you next week.